And we're live. Welcome to, uh... <laughs> there you go, there you go, Mountain Dew. Ah! Season 2 of Cold Brew and Hip Hop. Cheers, my dude. Cheers. Clank. They're plastic bottles, so you know. Mm. Put imaginary clink. Yeah, so what, what up, everybody? Today is Friday, January 14th, 2022. It's going to be episode one of season two of Cold Brew and Hip Hop. Um, Jacob and I discussed that we wanted season two just to be uh, kind of kicking off the new year. And then we'll just run season two all the way through 2022. So that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, and um, admittedly, the last season didn't have like a nice clean wrap as we wanted to, mm-hmm. um, but you know it it was the holiday season and there was a tremendous amount of things going on. I'm not gonna beat ourselves up for it, uh, but we're here for season two. We're still being consistent on our podcast creativity, so I mean we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, and I know that the, the last few times that we wanted to get together to like talk podcast business or talk actually like record some stuff uh we just ended up playing fucking call of duty (laughs) that's fair yeah to take some ownership on that yeah we have been um so we play this war zone it's part of call of duty and we're trying to get like 50 first place wins and we were like almost there so that's kind of why 45 yeah so (laughs) about to be 46 after after tonight after we're done recording this so that we're gonna hop online absolutely Uh, anyone who plays uh war zone plunder on call of duty you know hit us up with your gamer tag if you have PlayStation, we can create a a, a, a PSN party chat. We have a little bit of fun. Right now it's trios, so you know. It's up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on a serious note, so yeah, so that's the reason why it's. I mean, many reasons why we've detracted away from our normal recording schedule. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that uh, sort of interrupted the flow was I left the country for yeah. about ten days. Left the continent, actually and is this your first time to europe first yeah so i I went to europe and uh, technically the continent of europe although i didn't get to go to the physical landmass just an island off the coast um what i know africa what did i say europe Man, I'm I'm messing all of that up so i went one sip of mountain dew and this motherfucker (laughs) brain turned the (laughs) bush that's damn (laughs) so uh, sponsored by sierra mist (laughs) so okay so i went to europe all right i went to rome went to uh barcelona and uh and then we went to uh, at the end we went to lisbon so that's continental rome but in between there went to the canary islands which is off of morocco and um, that was pretty sweet Um, it wasn't at all what i expected in terms of culture but it was a beautiful place and i was glad to go what country um i want to say owns but i think that's fucking wrong way of like speaking i I feel like i know what you mean but like what country uh what territory it does the uh like what flag who claims the yeah yeah, what flag flies so spain Spain. So and then it's it's crazy too because it's like layers and then Spain is under the EU flag so sometimes you still see like the blue with mm. the circle of the stars, so All right. the EU isn't like one sovereign state but you don't need to like go through passport checks to go right, between right. X and Y as long as it's part of the EU. Now, the EU is over Spain, but the EU is not over Spain's foreign territory of the Canary Islands. So it's okay. it's like a weird gray area thing, and they, I mean. Um, it really doesn't feel like Spain. It doesn't feel like Africa. What it feels like is like England or 
maybe like Finland or some Norway or like it feels like extremely white Europe. Yeah. Yeah, more than anything. Well, cuz didn't you tell me that that's where like that's where like them people go to 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 vacation? Yeah, that's it's kind of like, like the it's kind of like the Caribbean or fucking Jamaica shit like that like here. For sure, yeah. You know? It's like the 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 Bahamas for the Europeans and the main ones that is there is like definitely like German, Finland and uh Britain and all the signage which is again weird cuz it's supposed to be Spain all the signage is in like English and German so you're kind of like where the fuck am I and then it looks like Jurassic Park when you look around it literally looks like crazy shit that's wild my eyes have never seen something like that um, and that's how I felt when I was in like Arizona and like desert too it's like I mean it like, looked beautiful too you guys had one hell of a view out onto the ocean yeah that yeah. was pretty dope I absolutely like, that that TikTok that Vicky had you film <laughs> yeah. where, you, where you walked out and the sun was setting and, and she was out on the balcony that was, that was picturesque Yes, thank dope. you, thank you. Shout out to my own cinematography skills. Um, so, I mean, for anybody listening, um, so that island was Tenerife. It was, it was decent. Definitely check it out. I would say the best place I went to was Barcelona, and I've been singing their praises the entire time. It was the only place where I felt like I could blend, partially uh, due to the fact that I can speak Spanish, partially maybe based on who I was with yeah. and how I look and how I dress compared to the locals and I was the least outlier and I felt good because that wasn't really the case the rest of the trip so right and uh, it's interesting too because like you know you're Italian and you would think that you know um, I know that going going to Italy is like a big deal for you right and it, it's, yeah. it's a big deal for like you and your mom too because I know that you've said that you want to take your mother to Italy and kind of like see the old country and see like where yeah, yeah. your relatives uh, are hail from right like and that that's always something um that i admire about you too is like it there's something special about like going to that that motherland or that fatherland and like finding out the roots right <clears throat> and um i think i just went you know it, it's interesting that you said that like you felt more at home in spain but that makes sense too like the the reasons that you gave um Spain really touched my heart. And, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I have, like, nothing bad to say about Italy, but Italy just didn't treat me the same way that Spain did, and I'm not... You were, a, like, Rome proper, right? I went to... Yeah, I went to Rome proper, went to the Vatican as well, which yeah. is its own independent country, right, but it's, like, right. one square kilometer, so... Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, I would go back, but I probably would skip Rome. If I go back, I'll I'll go to, like, maybe, like the mountains or the coast or just something different yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit less touristy right um I, and i agree with that sentiment like if, if i were to go to italy like i don't even think i want to see like the coliseum like i fly over it and be like oh look there it is all right you know like we drove by it by accident when we were leaving the airport hey, look like, kids big ben yeah it was literally <laughs> we were um we, we were like in this like, it was really weird we were trying to like get a train ticket and the 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 worker was like, nah, nah, here, take this and wait for my guy, and my guy will drive you. I'm like, well, nothing suspicious about this at all, but right. there was a bunch of, like, old ladies waiting, so we were like, all right, well, they're getting fucked up first, so <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. we got time to run. Um, no, I mean, it wasn't that sketch, but it was, like, it was still, like, a guy, and he was like, all right, this is my van, where you guys go? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Drove us, like, 35, 40 minutes, but then, you know, as we were driving, it's like, oh, is that the... And then we, like, had Apple Maps open to, like, double-check. And it's like, yeah, that's the fucking Coliseum. 
And they're just, like, driving by, like, World Heritage sites. Like, nobody gives any fucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been to Guatemala. I've been to Puerto Rico. I've been to some crazy driving places. Italy was, I I don't want to say, like, worse, but, like, they definitely gave less fucks about, like, human life. Like, Mm. where I've seen, I've seen people get, like, run down, like, almost run down, and, like, the driver's mad at them. And in Guatemala, it's more like, I'm just going to drive on the other side of the road. I'm not going to, like, actively try to hurt you and... (laughs) <laughs> like I don't know Italy was like maybe Jersey and Rome were like the two uh-huh. places that I would never drive yeah, yeah. Um, that just kind of like reminds me like Pakistan Not, like no one's gonna get run over but like it's it's crazy people just make up their own traffic like there'll be like a three lane highway and it'll turn into five lanes and people just like changing lanes like crazy like I don't think Vicky gonna be able to handle that like I saw Vicky when we were in that Uber in Boston and that guy was driving erratically um, and I just think, I don't know. No, it's okay. Um, I don't, I don't think she'd be able to handle that. So what kind of, uh, did you like have an opportunity to, uh, have some like espresso? Oh my God. So I, I mean. In, in Italy or did you have any like, like good, uh, like caffeinated beverages or coffee or anything like that? Like cold brew out in, uh. I had, so they, okay. So basically you can't get starbucks in italy they have one in the entire country and it's like a starbucks roasters so it's like the high-end like it's more than a bistro it's and it's only like in northern italy so it wasn't near me anyway so i wasn't getting my usual starbucks you can't find mountain dew in europe god damn you just can't find i found like a version like a fucking version of it in barcelona and it just it didn't even resemble so i was kind of like mad i was i was mad that like i didn't have access to my main like caffeine staples but especially in Rome, I drank a lot of like espressos and cappuccinos. They had, um, despite all the negative shit that I found on the internet, they definitely do have vegan there. And everybody's like, oh, you don't eat vegan when you go to Italy? And I'm like, you don't tell me how I eat where and where the fuck I go. Right, right, right. But like, it's not as easy as it is to find like cheese on top of everything and find cold cuts and meat. Yeah, of course, it's easier to find meat stuff. Right. But like, it's a big metropolitan city. They have vegan. And I did fine. Um, but yeah, so I would just like triple, double down on all kinds of espressos. And I was always like wired up and my <laughs> equilibrium, or not my equilibrium, my like my internal body clock was yeah. all kinds of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between jet lag and then, um, you know, leaving Rome, going to Barcelona, that's another hour difference. And then you're, it's like you're coming back home and then then you go south and when you go to the Canary Islands, it's like the same time zone. But yeah. then like the sun is like different because you're right. like way down here and I don't know. It's weird. To the equator. What yeah. Is it, Tropic of, of Capricorn. It's closer to the equator. Oh, we know. got a globe up in this bitch. That's hilarious. Where's here's it? The, here's the equator and here's Tenerife right there. So. And where's the Tropic of Cancer? I know that they're like. Is Cancer South? Tropic of Capricorn or? I don't know which. I don't know the difference between them. All right, ge- geography nerds. If if there's anybody out here that knows the tropics. That's a cool glow, man. You got like the currents and shit like that. So, um, shout out to my dad who like was given this. Yo, let me see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to bore you to death with my. But I love this globe, and this is for anybody listening from South Africa. I love this globe because it it shows like an old Africa. Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And look on look on Southern Africa now. There's a country with an R. Republic of South Africa.
Roadside? Rhodesia. Oh, Rhodesia. So this is a country that doesn't exist anymore. And uh, white supremacists all over the world are actually fascinated with it. And um, that Dylan Roof kid that did a mass shooting in, I think, South Carolina, he yeah. had the Rhodesia flag on him. And, I, I mean, it's, it's like a dark fascination by some people. So, like, I, I'm interested in it from a historical perspective, but I will recognize that it was, like, a horribly racist white supremacist state that was, like, almost modeled mm. after South Africa's apartheid system, yeah, yeah, but even yeah. to an uh, even further extent. And, you know, whites were, like, less than 10%, but they owned all the land, all the businesses, and, you know, blacks, while they were, like, 90% or more, had all, like, this shitty jobs and shitty income. And, um, anyways, so, like, they were, like, an unrec- semi-recognized or unrecognized state. So, as you can see, it was, like, on a historical globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all ethnically British. So when they, the communists, the, uh, a lot of you know, local black people, they became like sick of, sick of their shit, right? They were just sick of, sick of like, the, the racist white government, and they were like, we're done. And so a lot of them aligned with communism, and I do believe that they got like, arms or training or both from um, either Soviets or whomever. Yeah. But uh, they began to like, fight back and rebel, and so the white government also fought them, ended up getting their asses kicked. Meanwhile, uh, they they asked for help from the world, from the Western world, and they, they reached out and they were like, yo, uh, we're getting fucked yeah, up here yeah. by the communists, and no one came to their aid. Rhodesia? Yeah, no one came to Rhodesia's aid. Yeah. And so it became what is now known, or probably before then was known as Zimbabwe. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Robert Mugabe and all those guys. Um, yeah, so, like, you can find people that, like, used to live in the old Rhodesia, but none of them live in Zimbabwe anymore. Most of the yeah. whites that used to live there moved to South Africa, yeah. or they moved to, um, Great Britain. Yeah. It's wild, though. That's right? interesting. And that's interesting, too, because, like, the globe, it's the seam of the globe, it splits Rhodesia, Rhode- so it's Rhodesia. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, when I was looking at the, the subcontinent, ba- Bangladesh is Bangla, and then there's a seam in the globe, and then it says Desh. Um, for those young people who are listening, a globe is a physical model oh of the planet Earth, you know, the planet we live on. So did that, this used to be East or what? This used to be East? Yeah, East Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I interrupt your train of no, thought. No, no, no worries. Uh, I'm just shitting on Gen Z like I usually do. Um, we had physical globes in our homes that didn't open up to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or at least the poor people had them. Yeah. But yeah. I have one of those bars now, ironically, and it doesn't Oh, yeah, you yeah. do. But, it, but you it, also have, like, maps somewhere in your house, too. Oh, yeah, I got that world map with all the pushpins. But first we had to travel to the top two corners of the world so the map wouldn't fall down. <laughs> it's a joke. It, it's a Mitch Hedberg joke. Shout out to R.I.P. to Mitch Hedberg. That's, like, this eighth R.I.P. on the show, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, I support it, for sure. Um. So... Uh, let me see. So I'm you, going through your notes. So but, what would you say... Um, what what were you listening to on your... Oh, this is great. On your, like, plane rides or, like... Bro, I got so homesick. Yeah? And I think, uh, like... So, Ro- like, Rome, again, like, nothing negative to say about the people or the city, but Rome kind of, like, let me down a little bit. Rome yeah. a little bit broke my heart a little bit. And as I was leaving and I was on the plane, I was, like, I was just drained and exhausted. While I was there... Certain moments were stressful, and I would listen to the same song, and I listened to that same song even more on repeat when I was on the plane heading to Barcelona. 
and it was Black Jesus, which is uh, Ghost Ghostface, yeah. Ghostface Killer, and uh, Slash, who on a previous episode I mentioned that we got to meet, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Ghostface, Black Jesus, and I don't know if it was like the little pep talk speech in the beginning of the song. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was the accents of the people that I just missed hearing. You know, like you hear like your own dialect you know like you can hear like all right when we were like going to tourist spots you sh- you hear and you see other americans but they're not your exact americans they might yeah. be like florida or texas and you're like yeah. uh, good to see you but uh. right, right. but when you hear like your own dialect you're just like oh fucking miss my home and uh black jesus was like the song that like really got me through it and I, like now when i hear that song it's like a really like happy peaceful song because like the way that everything went we touched down. I listened to that song on repeat on the plane. It's like a two-hour plane ride. And we touched down in Barcelona, and it was a very, like, relief feeling. And yeah. I, I get out the plane, and as I mentioned, not a single Starbucks can be found in Italy. Yeah. And I get out the plane, get out the terminal, and, like, you don't even have to go anywhere. The first thing you see is, like, an open-air courtyard. Everybody's, like, smoking cigarettes yeah. inside a secure area. And inside of that is, like, a freestanding full Starbucks, like full-ass American regular size. Oh, shit. And I was like, it was like an accidental find, and you're just so happy. And it it was just like, it might as well have been an American flag. It was like an embassy. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is already a good vibe. And so I got my usual, and I was just talking Spanish to every single person I could just because I knew I could, and it just felt good to do it. And I like, oh, God, everything got off on a better foot. And it was like almost like Black Jesus kind of like, bridge that gap from the shitty not again not shitty but like maybe like a letdown to like uh super positive right and it's always like songs can be like marked in your memory and black jesus is like marked in a positive way fuck yeah dude i felt that way um he's not a hip-hop artist but john denver uh i i took i took a solo trip to pakistan in the summer of 17 uh after my grandfather passed away uh, I wasn't able to get there right away for the funeral because <clears throat> I had to reapply for a visa. I had to reapply for my passport before my visa could get approved. It was like a whole rigmarole. But I ended up going a month after he passed and uh, ended up being in Pakistan for Eid al-Fitr, mm, okay. which was actually a, a very um, spiritual um, thing to witness as well uh, for myself. But it was my first solo trip anywhere. Listen. Um, my first solo trip, uh, like on a plane, flying overseas, first time going to Pakistan by myself, you know, so it was like, I, and I was like already super emotional because it's always an emotional time for me when I get to go and see my family over there. It's like my aunt and my uncle and my, my auntie, you know, all my first cousins live over there. All them kids live over there. Like I feel at home when I'm there, you know, and, um. John Denver. I only I downloaded, I bought and downloaded five John Denver songs. This is before I had Apple Music and all that like streaming shit, and I didn't have any service, so I needed to have something physical on my phone. Um, and like, uh, thank God I'm a country boy. Um, Rocky Mountain High, um, the West Virginia song, Take, Take Me Home, home country, country Roads, roads. and then I think Annie's song, and then. Um, Sunshine on my shoulders, right? Those so are all good. Th- those are all the songs, but I listen to I listen to John Denver exclusively on them plane rides. So like anytime I hear Rocky Mountain High, it just reminds me of 
of that, you know? Um, and I related a lot to it because in the song, you know, it, his lyrics, and again, as, as I've stated before, that like, you know, I'm a very lyrical person. And so, you know, he was born in the summer of his 27th year, coming home to a place he'd never been before. And Katie and I went to Pakistan in 2015 when I was 27. It was the summer of my 27th year. And we went to the mountains of Murray. Well, we went past Murray, which was like, a, and we stayed at a place that I'd never been before. And it was like, so, yeah. So, um, so I can relate to that. Like having like, you hear that, you hear that piece of music and it's always going to remind you. It's funny cause Rocky Mountain High reminds me of you being on that solo trip. Cause like, I yeah. it's like, I never even really like paid attention to Rocky Mountain High until you were like, son, you got to check out this song. And then at the same time you were like going through some grief, yeah. your grandfather, um, the country roads take me home is, and I am the farthest thing from a country music fan i do not listen to country or folk really or anything yeah. but i appreciate the fuck out of some john denver yeah and that country road take me home is the second american anthem or something like it's just yeah. like the unofficial like i don't care who you are where you're from what your heritage is language whatever how you look this song will make you homesick when you're away it officially became the the anthem of west virginia Wow, I didn't know it that. It was like unofficially that, and they used to sing it at like West Virginia University or West Virginia Tech or something like that. They used to sing it at like the football games of the college, and I think there was like a petition in like the 80s or early 90s or something like that. And I could be completely wrong. Someone could fact check me. Well, I'm pretty sure I read that on Wikipedia that it was like it went through like legislation and it actually became like wow. the official state song. It's a good song. Yeah. But like, um, I mean,. West Virginia is not known for much. It's it's Appalachia. <laughs> yeah. There's coal mining country. There's yeah. not that many people. Um, but, like, you know what? It's a beautiful state. I don't have much to say about it, but to me that song's more than just about West Virginia itself. It's just about, like, beautiful Americana landscapes yeah, and yeah, pretty yeah. hills and, and mountains and what we got, you know? it's I don't know. And this ain't some fucking Make America Great Again podcast. Like It's, I don't, the, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, of I don't that. fuck with that, you know? But, I, you know, we do, like the place that we live the place that we're from like and that's that's an interesting thing too is because like you know i i wouldn't call either of us nationalists yeah you no. know in the in the um, um the actual raw definition of the word and i wouldn't call any either of us like diehard patriots right we're not going to be like fucking flag waving and putting them fucking stickers on our car and shit like that they co-opted that word anyway so yeah, now people yeah, like yeah. people used to be like oh, i'm a little patriotic but now right. people are like i'm not that right 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 those january 6 motherfuckers and even before that too like during during the iraq war you know like uh, in the early 2000s you know they're all the fucking flag wavers they put those fucking yellow ribbons on their cars and they put the fucking american flag stickers on their car and they would drive like assholes and they're just like yeah george bush the greatest let me drive my, my fucking truck that sucks up all this gasoline when gas was, like, fucking $5 a gallon and shit. Anyway, I mean, like, you know. <laughs> it was, though. It was you know, something during Bush. You know, it's like, it, and, like, so, like, flag-waving, right? There's a difference between being patriotic and fucking flag-waving, right? Right, right, right. Um, like, I, I'm, you know, we've talked about this. Like, like, we're fucking ready for the Red Dawn. We want them motherfucking parachutes. <laughs> Goddamn Russians come, come here. North Koreans come here. Get fucked. We'll see you in the goddamn mountains, Wolverines, <laughs> bitches. Pick you off real slow, like, pop, pop, pop. So, so yeah, I mean, there is a nuance to that. Yeah. So, like, are, do we align with those red and white and blue face paint with the horn helmet? And 
nah, nah, we are not boys with those guys. Right. But if somebody came here and like right. they haven't, right. right? But like if they did, right. I would pop off. Like yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not gonna sit around and just wait. If it was 1776, we'd be the first ones in line right there to sign up for those militias. Yeah, exactly. You know? But it's not. Right. Those guys wanted it to be, right. but they were just LARPing. Right. Right. Anyway, but if it was the Red Dawn, no, I'm, yeah. I'm ready for that. So, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, it's, it's one of those things, too. It's just like uh, when I got home from that trip in 2017, um, first off, so Rochester, New York, right? So it's, it's near Lake Ontario. So my flight flew over my state, over my city, because I couldn't get a flight in the JFK. So I had to fly into fucking Chicago O'Hare. Oh, so you had to backtrack just to get yeah, home. Yeah, I flew over my home. To land and have a two-hour layover in goddamn fucking Chicago. So what did you do when you got back to the States? I had a Budweiser and I had a fucking <laughs> Big Mac from McDonald's. And I don't fucking eat Big Macs. But I, I ordered, like, the Big Mac meal, large, with the fucking huge-ass fries and a fucking Coke. And I had, and I had a... And I also, <laughs> I also had a Budweiser uh, after I passed through customs in uh, Abu Dhabi. Oh. Because it's technically, like, you're on... You go through American customs in Abu Dhabi... So it's like, if you're in the terminal, you can go to like a bar, and there was like a place in that sold, sold like a tall boy Budweiser. Wow. Yeah. Mohammed I, said they have one like that in Qatar Airport yeah. too. That's interesting. Yeah, it's actually real nice. I mean, if you can't get a direct flight from Pakistan, you should do it that way because if you fly fly through Abu Dhabi, like, it's not like you just get off the plane in America and you gotta fuck with nothing. You gotta get some asshole pat you down, like. And I had, like, a, it was a red eye, too. So it was, like, I went through it at, like, 11 o'clock at night. And oh. the woman was real nice. She was, like, what was your business in Pakistan? I'm, like, my grandpa died last month, so I was paying my respects. And she's, like, you bringing anything back? And I'm, like, nope. Just clothes and a whole... And, I, I like, I showed her, showed her my backpack, which was my carry-on. And I was, like, this thing is full of photographs and negatives. Wow. Priceless things that I'm bringing back that I'm not packed. And I was, like, my, and my, my laptop's in here, too. And she's, like, all right, like, get the fuck on the plane. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, there's nothing quite like coming back, though. You know, it's like you feel immensely homesick. And it's like like you listening to that music, hearing the, the, the vernacular yeah. of your home state, right? So you got Ghostface, Raekwon, and you got all dudes from, from, from Staten Island. And, uh, it was music to my ears. Yeah. That's, uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. I, um, I, I hate feeling homesick. And uh, especially being out of the country, you know, and it's like being on vacation is nice or being being somewhere else is, is it's great. Right. It's always great to get like a change of scenery, a change of pace. Yeah. Um, but then like as you start like getting towards the end of your trip, you know that that departure date is getting closer and closer. So then like you start feeling like some sort of emotions of like sadness that your vacation time is almost over. But then you also feel that anxiousness of, like, I just want to get home. I want my own bed. If you're away from, like, your loved ones, you want to see them. You know, like, all that all that kind of stuff. Is, you don't think, you don't, when you look at people's uh, Instagrams, yeah. and you see their trips, you don't think about all the emotions that go behind it. The anxiety of just dealing with oh, security yeah. all day long. Yeah. The fucking exhaustion. It's, it's a lot that goes into it. But then, like, just being homesick, far away from home. Being like in a place with no signal, sometimes even just on a plane or you know whatever, you really feel like you're cut off, you know. And, yeah. and it's, it's it's been a long time since I felt like that, and but it was I'm super grateful that I got to go. Uh, and I mean I'm richer for the experience at yeah. the end of the day. I'm glad that you guys had that European package for Verizon. 
Oh my god, so, bro. Still. So we, so we could text y'all. <laughs> still, bro. And I was on, uh, I was on uh, the United flight from uh, Newark to Rome, and I was like the only one on the plane awake, it felt like. But I was like, I paid extra for the Wi Fi. And I'm just, like, tweeting the whole time. So I didn't have shit to do. Everybody in America was yeah, asleep. Yeah. And I was just, like, posting screenshots of the little map. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. now I'm going over to the United Kingdom. Now I'm over Normandy where we fucking stormed in 45. At Get 40. fucked, Nazis. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it, 45. Yeah. I'm like, I think, I think so. Um, so after, it was after Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor was 41. And then we began in, like, the Japanese theater, mm-hmm. Asian theater, whatever you want to say. And then... 44-ish, we were, like, supporting the allies in Europe, and then 45, we were like, all right, let's roll up our sleeves and fucking do this. Why did it take us so fucking long? Was the the war machine not churning since World War I ended? Were they just like, that's it, boys, shut it down, no more tanks. They, they <laughs> don't make no more bullets. They're like, if we leave, all the women are gonna have to get jobs, and every, all the women are like, that's fine. And, and then they started are, playing baseball. <laughs> they played, started playing baseball. Shout, made a movie out, out, shout out Tom Hanks and uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what was her name? Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, she was in that too. So was Madonna, but not the main oh, the main oh. chick. Oh, you know, if I yell upstairs right now to Katie, she can tell me. Do it, Katie. Yeah? Who was the star of A League of Its Own of Their Own? Gina Davis. Thank you, baby. <laughs> all right. Let's roll that and we'll cut it. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So um, I'll take a quick commercial break and then uh, we'll be back. Peace. All right. And we're back. Yo. <laughs> we'll get the time. Yeah. We'll get the sound bite right. All right. So what what did we cover last time? The the Europe, the missing of the home. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, so something that I got as a gift for Kazi for the holidays was a book that recently dropped by an artist who we also got to see live, Raekwon from the Wu-Tang Clan. How's that book going? Bro, it is so fucking good. Like, I, I, when I opened it, I couldn't put it down. I'm a slow reader, but like I'm already on chapter six. Nice. I'm eating it up. It's like I, he just got to the point of his life where he started hanging out with the the RZA and the Jizza and ODB. Nice. Like like he and RZA back when like they went to school and stuff, like back back when they were younger. Because I guess the RZA had like some cousins that lived in Park Hill, in the same building that Raekwon and his moms lived in. Oh okay. So like he he got to know him back then. Are they like the same age ish? Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's dope. Uh, like I jokingly texted you where I was all like, yeah, man, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking I need to sell crack. <laughs> <laughs> Cause man, like, you know, just, it's, it's very, very telling just kind of like, uh, his own perspective of, of his life and what it was like growing up in, in the eighties and the, you know, early nineties. But it was like basically in the eighties during like the crack epidemic, and like you know how like he's all like he talks about like there's a difference between like like a a, a crack user and then like a crack head mm. you know so like a, a crack user is someone who like still goes to work and like they like smoke crack on the weekends to like let off steam and stuff like that but like they're definitely fiends right mm. and he talks about how like he uh him and his boy they basically had this operation where they were selling to this one woman I think her name was Tracy or Terry. I think it's Terry. 
because she like lived a few floors above them in the projects and they would sell out of her apartment she would invite her friends over on the weekends and they would just like be cooking crack in the other room and have like they locked the door and then whenever they needed more crack they would like knock on it wake them up if they were asleep on the couch watching tv or something like that um but he was like like Rayquan was like talking like pulling like two g's a night nice you know talking about getting like he he started out getting like a gold tooth and then like he there was a guy in his building who like would make gold teeth for like 90 bucks a tooth or something like that and he's all like i figured i'd cover it in gold first and then worry about fixing them later you know you know like orthodontia or things like that you know getting fillings or whatever but he's like i'll just I'll put the gold in there he talks about getting shot uh he, he talks about like dudes you know who got shot having to like lay low and shit like that talks a lot about like how he really didn't know his dad talking about like the father figures that that that, that he had and i think it, it um really kind of uh uh, it's 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 eye opening and I I love it man I'm eating it up like I said I'm a slow reader but like it's way easier for me to like relate to and it's funny too because like I know how his voice sounds when he talks mm -hmm. and so like when I'm reading the book it's like in Raekwon's voice oh that's amazing it's amazing and and I didn't know it's it's uh it's an authentic autographed copy of the book oh yes. It's got that little insert in there, and like there's Raekwon's signature, and then there's like a certificate of authentic authenticity for the signature, which is dope. And then I'm like, I feel bad like cracking the book open and reading it, you know. But like it's, uh, oh, it's mad good, man. No, he wrote it because he wanted people to read it, so I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah, you're yeah. making him happier by reading it. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that you like it. I haven't even got a chance to read that book yet. I'll probably get it on like audiobook if it drops on like Audible or yeah. Um, I don't know if Apple has its own version of audiobooks, but I usually fuck with the audio and not like follow along. Dude, it's 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 mad good, man. I uh I definitely recommend it to anyone who wants to um to peep it. It's called From Staircase to Stage. Um by Raekwon. And uh yeah, it's it's mad good. Just came out like late November, early yeah, December yeah, yeah. So, of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um But yeah, personally I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to reading that and it's I mean it's pretty neat to like so we were like six feet from him and now he's like I mean he's already like internationally famous yeah but now you know he's like in your head reading his yeah, book you yeah. hear his voice it's kind of cool um, you guys got a book out too and I want to I want to peek that he? too yeah oh sure. yeah I, see I'd be curious to read all these guys I'd be curious to really read like Master Killa because he went to jail for the longest bit, I think. Yeah. Is that accurate? I, I don't know. Capadonna might have been longer. Oh. Because Kappa missed it. Kappa wasn't even around. <laughs> and he got out, and then and then he was on Iron Man. That's right. Uh, in 96. So, so, we talk about Wu-Tang, like, every time, and I've joked about, like, jokingly changed the name of the podcast to, like, Cold Brew and Wu, or just... Yeah. Because, like, no, but we fuck with all the different hip-hops, but, like, we always shout out the Wu every single time. And I don't have any regrets about that. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Most Def. I've been listening to a lot of MF Doom, Zarface, which, of course, Zarface features uh, 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 Inspector Deck. Oh, Inspector Deck. But also, Zarface has MF Doom, so it's, it's, it's pretty dope. I get to hear, like, I get to hear MF Doom and uh, the Rebel INS on the same tracks. So, um, I'm, uh, you know, for, for the longest time, too, I... Um, 
you know, like what really kind of like got me into like rap music was of course like Eminem and Dr. Dre, right? Because I was in middle school when like the real Slim Shady came out. Yeah. And I was come I had just come back from uh from Florida. My dad took me to Disney World and Universal Studios. We were in Florida for a week. We we're in Orlando for a week on spring break in April, right? And then I came back and I'm on the bus and the real Slim Shady came on the radio and all the kids were yelling up to the front of the bus, Miss Haley, Miss Haley, turn up the volume. It's the real Slim Shady, turn up the volume. Oh, and she was like a cool older lady and she knew that it would make us happy if we listened to that on 98PXY, the <laughs> local the local uh, 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 top pop top 40 radio station here in Rochester. <laughs> and uh, she would turn it up. And I, yeah. The beginning. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's iconic. And so then I, I was like, I, I looked over to my friend Sasha, and I was like, Sasha, what is this? Who, real Slim Shady, like, Slim Shady, like, hi, my name is? And she's like, no, it's his new song. And it was like, out of the realm of like, because I knew that there were albums, there were different albums for different artists, but I think it was like, I think I kind of like felt that Eminem was a contemporary of mine, even though he is, you know, older than me. He's actually born on my sister's birthday. They share a birthday. Oh. He was born, I think, 1980, if I'm correct. And she was born in 84. He was born in 1975 or 74 or something. Something like that. He was born in the 70s, I think. Anyway, um, 79 or something like that. October 17th. Um, but, you know, like, it's kind of like, I was like, what? What do you mean he has another song? He has a whole other album. Like, it didn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. right? And then I was like, I know my name is, like, I know that Slim Shady. And right. they were like, it's a new album. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, 72, October 17th, 1972. Um, so he's 12 years older than my sister. Sister born in 84. Um, if she ever listens to this, she might be grumpy at you for putting that out there. Yo, well, <laughs> Yasmin, you're you're 37 years old. Ain't nothing to be ashamed about that. I'm I'm turning 34 this year. It happens. The world spins. We go around the sun. We get older. Age is just a number. Age is just a number. I'm on my, I'm on my bullshit right now. You're like, hey, you know, you know, don't throw out the year she was born. No, I don't. Care. I mean, but it's I know, not my it's, sister. It's, it's, it's the thing. It's like women are always sensitive about the year that they're born, and I think it's like so, socially, you know, it's they've been conditioned that way. Um, but yeah, so like that that that. That song, and then of course, like forgot about Dre. That introduced me to Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. and then like my friend Nate, when we were able to like when Napster was out and Kazaa and LimeWire, he was downloading music like crazy on his his mom's computer. <laughs> and he was burning CDs for me, so like that's he's the one who likes he played Thug Mansions for me, and I like that's how I got into Tupac. Are you talking about the OG one or the the Nas version with the acoustic guitar? Because both are good. With Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven. It was it, it's like a remix with Whoa. Tears in Heaven. Oh, but it wasn't that version. It's the original version of Thug Mansion. Okay, okay. Um, so like that's how I got into like the rap game, and I feel like then I like I got a little bit of like Dead Prez. I got a little bit of like um, um, uh, Danger Doom, which was Danger Mouse and MF Doom. They did shit for Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Right. Yeah. Like in like the mid. 2000s shout out to mc p pants yeah mc chris (laughs) right (laughs) i want candy bubblegum and taffy (laughs) that's and that shit slaps that shit slaps it 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 works it was like uh, like aqua teen hunger force was like a fucking crazy ass 
show that like you it's like that and squidbillies you need to be like high or drunk or fucked up on something like late night adult swim watching that shit to make it funny or you were just a teenager like us when them shows were coming out and it was so weird and like for me it was both yeah. I, was, I was a teenager and i was really fucked up because i was uh i mean it's not we're not gonna like psychoanalyze my yeah. addiction to alcohol that i dealt with but yeah. like it was um i mean i was drinking yeah. hard liquor in 40s every day of my life so Dang. squidbillies was hilarious yeah this <laughs> <laughs> is a brilliant work of art <laughs> but like you know i think it was like that was my introduction to like in, into this like this realm uh, of music this thing that like really hadn't you know my mom is a classical violinist so of course i know classical music and she inspired this love of classic rock to me you know and then my sister was like big into like the 90s grunge love scene like it. collective soul and shit like that pearl jam and stuff like that so she had like those cassettes where there was like three tracks or four tracks on a fucking cassette Not, fucking a side b side yeah 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 and not even, like, the full album, just, like, the singles or whatever. Like, she would pop, cop that shit and, like... Remember yeah. these, like, big racks people used to have with yeah, all their yeah. tapes? Yeah, And yeah. then later the CDs. And, yeah. Oh, man, I feel like I mean, I still old. got that. I got that CD tower down in my basement. Keep it. You should keep it. But, like, um... You know, so, like, I always loved all that kind of music. And it was just kind of, like, hip-hop was, like, this... This anomaly that I didn't... It was, like, one of those things, like... You never know that like you're missing something in your life or that you're searching for something in your life but there's a piece of you that's like missing and then like you run into it by accident and you're like oh my god i love this and you get gravitated towards it and i was in the car today and i was listening to uh the album legend of the liquid swords specifically legend of the liquid swords mm. by the jizza and the bass on that track and i fucking love listening to music in my car and i don't i don't turn the bass up on my equalizer or nothing like that i keep it at like plus one just because i don't want that shit like popping off and breaking my windows if i listen to like wap or something like that where that fucking <laughs> cardi b whoever mixes this music for cardi b or megan the stallion they fucking turn that shit up with the 808 drum that shit could fucking like blast a hole in the fucking sky if they you turn it up too much <laughs> my boy we used to drive around and he used to have it like to the point where i hated it and it yeah. was like but it was him trying to flex or whatever yeah yeah but like it was um it would make me sneeze every time if you're listening you know who you are but like um it was like the little hairs on the inside of my nose yeah. would be going and it would be like <laughs> it's like this is unenjoyable bro turn yeah. this shit i can't even appreciate fucking music you can hear the tailgate rattle yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> side note like that's how dubstep became a thing I may have told you this. I don't know. But, like, so it was a bunch of, like, uh, techno kids, techno heads in Europe who loved listening to, like, techno in their VWs. So they had, like, VW Jettas. And they were, like, shitty trunks, right, that would rattle. But they would, like, throw these fucking crazy-ass subwoofers into their trunks. And so that's where the womp, womp, womp sound comes Whoa. from. So if you put a subwoofer in, like, a car that's got, like, a shitty hatch... yeah. It's gonna vibrate like crazy, so like I got a Jeep, so like my hatch will vibrate when when that bass hits, and like I'll hear like my license plate rattling or whatever, and it's like. <sighs> so anyway, like I think that like maybe because like I got so like deep into like West Coast rap, like I love the game, I yes. love G Unit, I love Dr. Dre, I love Snoop Dogg, I love Eminem, like he's not West Coast, but like yeah, he's he's part of that. Like it's I I would consider him like an offshoot of that gangster rap style right where there's beefs you call motherfuckers out and all that shit and like tupac was big into that and like 
but I also like I love Biggie, right? I always had this affinity for Biggie and for Nas. Oh yeah. And for uh, for most Def. Speaking of most Def, I think that I think the turning point in my mind for like listening to rap and then listening to actual hip hop was the Chappelle Show. Amazing, yeah, and I probably like unconsciously or subconsciously. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. It was the Chappelle show. I think it was like oh three oh four, and it was probably like probably like a common experience for like a lot of like our age group and everything. And like you're watching this, and it's like your first exposure as someone that's not African American, and you're really immersed in like I want to say like quality music from this genre that you might not have ever like another one from Chappelle show Anthony Hamilton after he was on Chappelle show I became a huge fan and that was not hip hop that was soul yeah uh, Kanye West before he was big yeah he did a bit he did like a spot with um, Common a uh, song called The Food it's a great struggle song I yeah, love The yeah, Food yeah. Um, it's that song on um, and I don't know if Talib Kweli's on that one but Talib Kweli's also on Chappelle show too in the Black Star and it's just yeah. like a lot of these guys that we never... And, uh, Dead Prez was on the Dave yeah. Chappelle uh, like block party. So, you know, we might have maybe heard about them, maybe not. Yeah. But, like, between uh, you know, Viacom or Paramount or whoever the fuck owns Comedy Central, Comedy Central itself, and then Chappelle, like, absolutely, like, catapulted them into, like, the mainstream. Yeah. And I, I will call most deaf, most deaf when referring to his old art. But like, yeah. if I refer to him in like a modern context, I will try to say his Muslim name of Yasin Bey. Yes. Um, but like, that dude is like a true artist. Yeah. And I fuck with most deaf. Like, yeah, yeah. I like, and I love Black Star as a group. Yeah. Even, and it's just, but like most deaf does like multimedia pieces. He's not just out here like. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do like your angry tweets. He's not. He's not he's stirring up a bunch of beef shit yeah, yeah, which there's, yeah. time, there's a time and place for that and like we all get into it like oh M- MGK Eminem was like a couple years back but yeah, like yeah. that was everybody in the whole world was like up about that yeah and you know like people care but like with most stuff you get quality content quality yeah. good shit and yeah. he cares about his like his own niche his own community he cares about his borough and you know like Biggie he helped put Brooklyn on the map, but I think yeah. most deaf also oh, added to that, definitely. you know, in his own way. And, and I'm I think, not taking away from Biggie. And I think that 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 that's like the the thing that now that like of course now like the woo, right? We got Staten Island and we got Brooklyn, um, and uh, I feel that like those um, those New York artists, because New York is the is the birthplace of hip hop. And I think that, like, I got so carried, like, uh, caught up, right, with the West Coast gangster rap. Yeah. And I was at, at a point in my life where I was, like, very angry, too. So, like, it's a reason why I was probably, like, a, you know, Natural Born Killers, you know? Like, that fucking song is just, like, you know, like, fuck everybody, you know? We fucking shoot you up and murder you and fucking shit and, like, you know, um, that kind Murder-ink. of... Murdering. Yeah. So that kind of shit... Uh, are you referring to the group, or are you referring to the song on Dr. Dre's The Chronic 2001? I was <laughs> specifically referring to the song. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, is Ja Rule from New York City? 
He is, and he did a song called New York, which is the only redeeming song that I really genuinely like by him because it's a collab. Sure, sure, sure. Oh it, yeah, I remember you said that it, to me. And I will stay. I will die on this hill. It yeah. is a good song, but yeah. it is Ja Rule's main or one only like yeah. really yeah. fucking banger. And it's Fat Joe and others are on there. I think uh, I want to say Jadakiss, yeah, but like yeah, Fat yeah. Joe is the. We'll listen to it sometime. Fat Joe is like the part. Like, yeah, he fucking knocks it out of the park, and he's. Uh, Fat Joe and rest in peace to Big Pun uh, Fat Joe puts the Bronx on the map I brought it back to the Burroughs conversation yeah, yeah. Fat Joe is the Bronx Also Bronx is the birthplace itself I saw this uh, I saw this TikTok of Killer Mike Because he does a podcast now And he was talking He's all like you know all, all these like rappers or whatever Like you gotta like If you're like moving out of your hood Right you make it You get that record deal You make it You make your money and you're moving out of the hood before you leave you need to be leaving with at least two properties that you own like buy a building and rent it out to people or buy a business or something like that so that way like you're reinvesting your money back and you're leaving a piece of yourself back in your neighborhood in your hood i feel that and i'm not trying to be like in the music industry like yeah. that or anything but i feel that if i ever struck oil or something i'm right. on accident fell right. ass first in a pile of money I, the thing i would do and like i I obviously like I'm from Rochester as right. a whole and this is a very wide Monroe County is pretty big yeah. but I fuck with this neighborhood yeah if I was gonna do that and I, and I was gonna like leave a little piece of me before I left it would be in Charlotte Beach yeah I would open up like a little whatever a little yeah. coffee shop or something yeah. and then I would get the fuck out because I, yeah. I love it here but it's not that great yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. and I think you always gotta like you know go on to like bigger and better things you know like you know pay off the mortgage on your mom's house or something like that, you know, or like, you mm. know, that kind of stuff, you one know, day, uh, one day. um, but like, you know, I think that that's, that, that's like the nice thing about like the, the, the New York scene. And I think that, um, now later in my life, which is, you know, I'm more attracted to that kind of hip hop and that kind of style and that lyricism, you know, uh, most deaf Yasin Bey, um, his lyricism and he, he's, he's a poet. And Talon Kweli is a fucking poet. Mm -hmm. You know, all them woo dudes are poets. And then you can tell, you know, like, they're, like, they're mentally sharp and their tongues are sharp. Yeah. And I think that's just, like, anyone can, like, be a gangster rapper. Anyone can be a lot of, like, you know, I went in a club, I smoked lots of weed, I fucked some bitches, got my Lamborghini, cruising on the avenue, you know, yeah, like, it's you know, not, nothing against, like, Easy e you know, cruising on the street in My Stakes 4 is a fucking great but song. Easy e more or less invented... Yeah. Who's another street in yeah, the six yeah, four? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but like these dudes, I I absolutely fuck with gangster rap, and I absolutely fuck with like flexing, yeah, and all this flossing, but sometimes it's super transparently fake. It's yeah. disingenuous, yeah, and I don't even buy it. Yeah, like I don't fucking believe you that you have this Lambo. I think yeah. you rented that for the video. Yeah, I think yeah, your producer's yeah. looking at his watch, like when's he gonna get out the car? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like I can see it, and we all we you know maybe not some of the young kids, but like we know you fake motherfuckers, and we know the genuine ones, and that's why we yeah. spend more time on the woo and on most Dev and Talib, because it's like they're not trying; yeah. they're just making art. They're just yeah. it's just part of them, and they're giving it to us for free. And I think that that was the allure for Biggie too. Like Biggie would like blew up, right? Yeah. And he's just he's just rapping about like the shit that he sees. Yeah. You know, like the shit that he's been through and the shit in his life and the shit that like you know telling like telling stories. And I think that's like a lot of of that like oral tradition of hip hop. Right. He's like you're you're telling a story, and it may be coming out of your mouth, and you may tell the story in such a way that it's fictional, 
but it's historical fiction, right? So, like, a lot of, and, and this is kind of like a throwback to Raekwon's book, is that, like, I'm hearing, I'm reading these stories that he's telling, right? And then I go back and I listen to some of his tracks off of Only Built for Cuban Links and mm. off of 36 Chambers and Wu-Tang Forever, and I hear some of the things that he's saying in his verses on those tracks, and I'm all like, you're saying it like it happened to you, and it may have happened to him, but also I'm reading about him telling the story of how it happened to a, a friend of his, you oh. know? And it's interesting because, like, then they're using this platform to, like, tell this story of, like, the things that were happening around them. And I think that, you know, is we're really, like, a product of our environment. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man. I mean, shout out to Dave Chappelle for putting me on that. For, Absolutely. For introducing me to, like, real good hip-hop. And I remember I was excited as fuck for that, that Dave Chappelle block party movie, too. We went and saw it in theaters, and there was, like, six of us in the theater. And it was, like, me and my friend Josh... And then, like, our girlfriends and, like, another friend. There was five of us, and then I was thinking of two other people in that fucking movie theater. But it was dope. He got the fucking... He got he got Fuji's back together. Dude, I love that. And when Lauren Hill hit that stage, I fucking lost my mind. I didn't see it in theaters because I, I was aware of it, but I didn't have... Whatever it was, I didn't have, like, access to wherever it was playing in theaters for whatever reason. But when the day, like, it dropped in, like... What did we have back then? Circuit City or Media Play? Fucking who knows... <laughs> I think media play was closing at that point. But yeah, Circuit City, Best Buy. So I just, I literally bought it the very first day that it dropped. And I was so excited to go home and put it on the DVD player. This was back when DVD was still new and cool. <laughs> um, but like, uh, for me, like, I mean, I fuck with the whole, the whole like experience. It made me yeah, wa- wish yeah. that it was like a regular thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to the yeah, next one. There really yeah. was no next one. Yeah. Um, but like de- that's how I got really introduced to like Dead Prez and oh, I fucking love Dead Prez that one song that we all know I don't even have to name it but if you fuck with Dead Prez you fuck with at least this song and um, and it's interesting and I like I don't really need to like dissect it right now but it's interesting there's a part that's like run up on them crackers in City Hall if yep. you don't get them they gonna get us all and yep. like you can yep. really you can really get offended by that if you if yeah. you if you want to be like a fragile white person yeah um you know, and I guess my I, my take or my response on that that line is that, like, first of all, no, it doesn't. Not that anybody asks. No, that it doesn't bother or offend me whatsoever. Yeah. But um, more so, this is <clears throat> this is their version of fuck the police. Yeah. This is their ver. You know, their this is their version of Public Enemy's many songs that like, yeah. speak out against a system that was yeah. made to keep them or push them down and i'm not mad and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be using this platform as a place to complain about people of color using their voice to express their discontent and dissatisfaction totally um but anyways love that song massive digression but thank you to Chappelle and dead prez you got some good shit and and you know i knew of i i'd heard cream and i had heard wu-tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with before right and then, and then I saw the RZA and the Jizza on Wu Tang Financial in like <laughs> yeah. the first half of season one of Chappelle's show, and it wasn't until years later, like I knew of ODB, but like, and I knew that he was dead now, and I was just like, okay, well, like, I, I just didn't know. And then I was like, what is the Wu Tang Clan? And then I was like, are they Asian? Are they half Asian? Like, why do they say Wu Tang Clan? Like, what's up with that? Like, they use all these like kung fu movies and shit. And, and I was like, did they grow up in Chinatown? And like, maybe like you know, like a, a, a like 
they're half and half or something. I didn't know what was up. And then, like, it wasn't until, like, years later, and I'm an adult, and I finally, like, my boy Tony started talking about Woo. You posted that video of that Triumph thing with Inspector Deck's first verse of Triumph. And it's, like, and it, it it's goes all the lyrics, the and it's all, like, the way that he did his rhyming scheme and the way he built that first verse. And it really was, like, it was... I mean, you found that comment where you posted it on Facebook, and then I was just like, oh, now I gotta, like, dissect this song, and I dipped into it, and I haven't gotten out of that pool. I fucking dove right into that Wu-Tang pool, and I'm stuck in it. It's like a quagmire. I can't get out. I'm... <laughs> Hold up. I'm... I'm just gonna keep... Kazi's gonna take a step away. Um, but... I'm really happy for those guys, and I'm glad, genuinely glad, that they've um, been able to grow in their success rather than... Um, some of these people that came out in the early 90s are even, even people that came out later talking about uh, people that came out in the 90s or even in the early 2000s that are already has-beens they're already like they're already doing like shitty casino shows oh. and just like you know the Woo isn't playing shitty casino shows the Woo is selling out fucking shit during a yeah. goddamn pandemic and motherfuckers were waiting out in a freezing ass cold just for a chance <laughs> Just for a chance to be in a sweaty, dirty fucking venue. Just, Smoke-filled venue. Yo. With a goddamn herniated disc. <laughs> walking with a fucking pimp cane. Standing for six hours straight. <laughs> on legs that are numb. Fucking muscles not working. <laughs> Shout out to the American healthcare system. It was worth it. But it was absolutely worth it. And it's funny. Uh, I'm going to change that word. It's interesting. Uh, it's one of the members had a loss and they postponed the tour yeah so it should have ended by now but they postponed it because i think it was raekwon's mother yeah, that yeah. passed Ra- away mom rest passed in peace raekwon's mom uh so they're actually still on that same tour and i was like looking and i was like oh man are they coming to like buffalo or something if they were coming to like an hour away like i would go again i don't even fucking I care mean, they, they, they got a show in new york city i think in like march i might want to fuck with that i don't know we'll see we'll see where covid's at I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be traveling a lot, you know. Um, so I know that we talked about like my back injury on a couple episodes ago or whatever. But um, I uh, I had surgery, a discectomy and laminectomy. So basically, they took out like a small piece of my vertebrae mm. on the L4 vertebrae, um, the back piece, the lamina. Backyotomy. Yeah. So they could get in there. Uh, the neurosurgeon's notes were like very, very meticulous so like i read it the other day i was talking to you about that but they went in they they like relieved some of the um uh the buildup of like the scar tissue around my uh spinal canal and then they got the piece of that herniated disc out there so and i'm walking a lot better numbness is almost completely gone I'm, i got a lot of strength back in my legs um so we're just over like a month now past a little bit five weeks past five or six weeks past that Bro, um, um, so I'm doing great. Walking a lot better is an understatement. It was <laughs> heartbreaking to watch you deteriorate, and yeah. you went from like a little bit of a limp or a hobble down to like a wheelchair. Yeah, and it was like genuinely sad and worrisome. And like even on your wife's birthday, you were in a wheelchair, and like it was like an awful feeling. Yeah, it was cool. Like, we got to like go mess around in like the pool and like the hot tub, yeah. and it, like it was like I forgot that you had an injury. Yeah, and then you get out and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah. I forgot about that. But now, um, when you say spinal surgery, it feels like it was years ago to me. I mean, obviously yeah. it wasn't on my body. 
But if I forgot about it because your walk is like almost to me back to normal. Yeah, I can stand up on my, I can get up on my toes again. It's probably been a while. <laughs> Happy for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we did a podcast about Mount Marcy, and I don't know when we'll climb another mountain, but, like, I know you'll be able well, I got, to. I got my doctor's appointment in March, so we'll, I'll be like, hey, doc, I'm trying to climb a fucking <laughs> high peak in April, so let's wrap it up. <laughs> it's fucking... I could do it. I could do it now. I mean, like, I could do it. I'll be tired. I just got, like, the stiffness in my back now. Like, the incision point doesn't hurt no more. It's, like, it's almost completely healed. The awesome. stitch, The stitches are starting to, like, fully dissolve. Um, so I just gotta, like, I gotta... I've tried, like, slightly jogging. No, oh, nice. And, like, I can kind of do it. I can kind of hop a little. But until, like, I can't twist. You know how, like, you wake mm. up in the morning, you, like, twist your upper body to, like, crack your lower back? I can't do that. Like, my mm. doctor's like, don't twist. Oh. <laughs> and I can't, like, bend at the waist um. still. So, that like, when I pick something up, I have to, like, you know, get Cr- down. and Crumple use, your whole body yeah, up. Yeah, use the legs or whatever, um, which is fine. That's the way you're supposed to pick something up, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, speaking of the surgery, and again, the mini, the Europe and the holidays, the things that, um, kind of cluttered up the end of the 2021 year, uh, genuinely meant to do some additional recordings, there were two artists in particular that we, that we wanted to, um, meet with virtually, interview, have, like, a Zoom situation, uh, maybe, you know, write articles about, and so... One artist is somebody that I got to, me and Kazi got to see live perform. Uh, it's actually ODB's son or one of his sons. His name's Weather yes. Park. His stage name is Weather Park. And um, we saw him perform Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Yeah. Right? It was fucking awesome. I didn't yeah. know he was even, like, going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we didn't pay for tickets to see him. We didn't know he was on the, the bill or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he did a phenomenal job. Uh, his Instagram is Weather, like like as in the weather outside right yeah. w-e-a-t-h-e-r weather underscore park um but i like him because he is odb's son he does a couple of his dad's songs but he's not like overly trying to ride on his dad's success he's trying to make his own way in the world yeah and show his respect to the woo and to his dad's legacy and to you know build his legacy of his own he's a very hard-working artist and uh, you know he did mention that he would come on here and be interviewed so we are looking forward yeah, to that yeah yeah that was that was awesome too because like we didn't think that he was gonna respond on his instagram and like we got some like really good video of him performing that song shimmy shimmy ya and then like we posted to our story and we tagged him in it and then he liked it he viewed our instagram story and then he liked it and i was like hey yo what yeah one of these kid is on right. like looking at our shit yeah he's like in our dms and then i was just like i you reached out to him and you're like hey man like we have this podcast we'd love to interview and he, and he was like he was humbled by the fact that we wanted to interview him and so like um definitely i've listened to like a few of his things that he's posted like on instagram but i gotta dive a, a little bit deeper in and then like listen to his actual uh music hopefully it's like streamable or something like that so we'll have to look into that i know um, he like dabbles with like little skating too because yeah he has this hashtag like brooklyn zoom yeah z-u-m-e and uh, a lot of his older content is like skateboarding related so yeah. i think that's kind of cool because like yeah lupe fiasco maybe like little wayne a little bit but you don't yeah. see like a lot of hip-hop and skating yeah yeah um shout out to flow of exposure uh, that's right. That's yeah, right. But we don't see too much of that, and it's kind of neat to see to see that uh, those two subcultures cross over. Yeah, because 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 Fox said that like one of his main inspirations was like when he broke his skateboard. Yeah, yeah. That's how he kind of like got the ball. Yeah, rolling. yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of Cape Town artists, uh, there's 
there's another one there's a there's a bunch that i want to interview uh, including uh celeste who we had on a couple months back and she named a bunch of people uh cream machine um her colleague who's in the videography industry jamie uh forbes i believe would love to interview you um, but somebody that really comes to mind is the artist two uh spelled out t-w-o like the number mm -hmm. Um, now, this is somebody that's on Apple Music, it's Spotify, uh, social, everywhere. Um, he does, I know, he, he's a producer. He does his own uh, single solo music as well as collabs. Um, and he has one song in particular that, like, I'm, it's so, like, catchy and hype that it disappoints me that it's not available for streaming yet. But I know that it will be. He's already stated publicly that it's coming out. It's called Long Day. And it's on like reels and um, like I don't know if TikToks are just reels, but you can listen to like clips of it of him yeah. performing it live. So he's got the song, he's got the beats, he's got the words. It's just not available for me to like bump to it yet. But like I can't wait for that to drop because he's got at least like this one line talking about like gangster rap in the '80s and shit. And I don't know why like I, that song is like for me like I love that shit. Um, I've listened to his stuff on Apple Music, and I gotta I gotta peep that song now on on the reels. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you, that to you. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I like his sound, I like his flow. Uh, it'll be great to, to to have him on and kind of like pick his brain a little bit, and um, we'll try to keep it fresh too, right? With with each interview that we uh, a perspective interview that we want to set up, um, you know, try to not ask all the same questions and things like Definitely. that. Definitely, like, you know, yeah. try to tailor them to, to the artist. Yeah. But also, like, you know, pick their brain on, on maybe yeah. current events and just yeah. things in general. Like, we don't want to repackage the same interview with a different yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, that uh, the African-American English vernacular. Oh. Did I fuck it up? No, no, a no, no. A-A-E-V or A-A-V-E? V-E. Oh, no, no. But vernacular English. African-American vernacular English. You're talking about the creator um, that... His username is usually What's Good English. Yeah. And I think it's Nodos88 on Instagram, but never you mind about Instagram. Yeah. It's usually What's Good English, YouTube, TikTok, wherever. Yeah. And um, so he's like, he's a linguist and yeah. he talks about really like a lot of different ones like Spanish and French, but he really breaks down African American vernacular English, which is like a fascinating thing because for hundreds of years it has not only been perceived but it has been like uh, taught that the way black americans speak is not any form of proper it's right. dumb slang. bad stupid it's slang right it's street it's, talk all that kind of shit it's, yeah it's dirty unprofessional street talk yeah, and if yeah, you yeah. talk that way in an interview you might as well kiss the job goodbye right just it, it, all all the negative things wrapped up into a little burrito that's how and I'm not even going to call it AAV because before it even had a name, before even Ebonics, which was a name given by an African-American scholar, yeah. but they took that and they made it even better by calling yeah. it AAVE, sometimes BVE. Yeah. Um, and I think BVE, Black Vernacular English, because not all black people who speak it yeah. are from America. Yep. So they're kind of like expanding that. Yeah. But however you put it, however you word it, um, it is like a real language with unique verbal conjugations, unique uh, vocabulary that differs um, from standard English, but follows its own rules. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like the habitual B is like my favorite verb tense. Yeah. And so 
anyways, back to the What's Good English is a creator, and you should check him out on TikTok or YouTube. But he, he deep dives into African American vernacular English. He exposes myths and breaks down some of the things that you might have heard of and not known even stemmed from there. Yeah. Um, so we would, he's said he would come on the show and chat with us, not necessarily interview, maybe a little interview, maybe just kind of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, but looking very much forward to that. So those are some three yeah. um, upcoming episodes, upcoming content, AAVE, Cape Town Artist 2, ODB, Old Dirty Bastard, Sun, Weather Park. Yeah, totally. Can't wait for all that. Uh, I think 22 is going to be a good year, man. Uh, got a lot of things in the works uh you know we got these interviews coming up we're gonna try to get back on like a better schedule hopefully we can uh, not be recording on a cell phone hopefully like we can get a little bit of a i've been looking into getting like a, an audio mixer and a couple condenser mics so we can do it from a computer um also like the audio mixers that i found they have like an audio input so we can kind of like play music at a lower volume behind us as we record yeah It'll be, like, better listening. Yeah, so we can, like, if we want to, like, reference a song, we can just hook our phone into that aux port, and then we can just record it right there, you know, just play it at a lower volume behind us. We have those headphones on, so just get a little bit more um, technical, I guess, in that sense. Um, and then, I mean, I know that we've talked about it, but I think that it would be dope as fuck if we could go to New York City and interview Weather Park in person. Oh, yeah. Meet up at, like, a Starbucks or some shit like that, or a neighborhood uh, a coffee shop that he would recommend. Yeah. And then we can just set the phone down and then just, you know, have it on the table and record. Weather Park, I will interview you wherever the fuck you're at. If yo, yeah. Bro, if you're on a trip to Baltimore, we will go to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, they got, like, in Brooklyn, there's Brooklyn Podcast Studio. Nice, yeah. quiet space. Um, we can... Rent it out, Yeah. Rent that out, you know, uh, yeah, like, uh, record in a quiet area. If it has to be a Starbucks, we'll, we'll make that work. But, you know, as far as, like... Or weather permitting, we could record in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it for today's show. Um, yeah, no. Anytime that we can do a physical, in-person yeah, interview, we're always yeah, going to do that. Yeah, as far yeah. as people from on the other side of oceans, um, we'll, we'll deal with virtual yeah, yeah. for the time being until yeah, we yeah. have our private jet. <laughs> until we get our private jet, for sure. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about? All right. Dope. All right. Well, that's a wrap for uh, season two, episode one of Cold Brew and Hip Hop. What do you, what do you want to name this episode? Europe recap. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I forgot the other stuff we talked about. We did it in like separate segment recordings. Homesick for Hip Hop. Oh, shit. That's the name. All right. Homesick for Hip Hop. All right. Peace.